Hey guys! Hello everybody! Today we're going to talk about supporting people with emetophobia, and we're also going to talk about our support systems and how they support us, and then also kind of get into a little bit of how we've lost friends due to this phobia or how it's hard making friends. So yeah. And yeah, what we find helpful, pretty much just focusing on the outside perspective with emetophobia and maybe like a mother figure to someone who has emetophobia or a friendship or um, if you're dating someone with emetophobia, all of that related kind of stuff. Yeah, so Brooke, who is your support system? So my number one support system, a lot of people relate to this, like a lot of people have the same support system, but my mom is like hands down, if I'm struggling, she's the first person I'm calling. She helps a lot. And then my boyfriend and also my sister kind of sometimes. Sometimes she makes it worse. Sometimes she helps a lot. <laughs> but I feel for like sure, that's any sibling. Yeah. It's, does your brother help you with your emetophobia at all? Not really. It's like they try to understand, but not really. But one thing my brother does that I actually hate him for. Oh, he gets I mean, that's kind of strong. Well, yeah, but he will lie to me. Oh, to yeah. Like not scare me. Yeah. So I don't trust him at all. That's what, yeah, my mom does that. He literally, too. do you remember when my brother was sick like a month or two ago? Mm-hmm. I think I told you about it. He ended up having COVID. He got a positive test. Didn't tell anybody. Yeah, he's, he's little. And I was still crazy. going to my boyfriend's house. I was, I literally hung out with my grandma. Because he told me he got a negative test. I and no pissed. one caught COVID? No. Thankfully. But yeah, I he's crazy. So mad. Uh-huh. There was one time where he threw up at work, I guess. And he came home. And I don't think he threw up at home, but he was, like, acting weird. And I knew something was up. Turns out he threw up and didn't want to tell yeah. me. Yeah. And I was, I like, around him happens. and everything. That's how my brother is, too. My brother has, like, a really sensitive stomach. So even if he eats, like, something a little too spicy, he'll throw up. Or if, like, That's he how eats my something... brother is. Yeah, and it's, like, it's just... If it's something like that, then I understand if you don't tell me. But if it's kind of, like, a random reason, let me know so I know to stay away. Yeah, that's why I was pissed, too, because I was, like, around him and stuff. And he knew that he threw up and didn't tell me. <laughs> He's crazy. I'm the other more day. scared if I know I'm around you. Okay, so let's say he doesn't tell you at all, and then, like, he doesn't even tell you, like, afterwards. Do you – would you prefer that? Like, if he just never were to tell you? I don't even know. Kind of, but I feel like I would fi- find out. Yeah, and if you were to find out, you So, like, I'd it. rather you just tell me. Yeah, fine. A few months ago, my sister went to Colorado and she ate something at the airport and it was like a sandwich and she knew like the sandwich was gross like she was eating it and it looked weird and it tasted weird but she just kept eating it because she's crazy and she doesn't care about getting sick and then she got you know food poisoning from that sandwich and she unadded me from off snapchat posted about it on her snapchat and then like a week later I'm like her name's Abby. I was like, Abby, why am I not your friend on Snapchat right now? She's like, oh, yeah, um, I don't know. I just, like, posted something that I didn't want you to see. I was like, 
what was it? And she was like, I don't know, you know, like, I was like a present for you or something. I was like, mm, mm, mm. She Girl, is you're lying, lying right now. <laughs> <laughs> so like in situations like that, like I know I'm not going to get sick from it. So that kind of doesn't freak me out too much. But some people just will lie. <laughs> She's not going to stop a panic attack. Which like I get where they're coming from. Yeah. But at the same time, then I don't trust you anymore. And we want to be able to trust people with our fear. Like, remember when we were talking yeah. about how our moms never, their food has never gotten us um, food poisoning before? Yeah. And it's, like, expired stuff. We want to know if it's expired or not. We don't want to take that risk. Exactly. So, yeah, my support system is my dad, my mom, and my boyfriend. I'd say either my dad or my boyfriend is, like, my top support system. Well, obviously Brooke, too. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Oh, for sure. Brooke is probably, like, my number one just because she understands. Yeah. We relate to each other. But definitely my dad and my boyfriend. My mom, kind of. But my mom's also... She's helpful, but, like, kind of not helpful. Yeah. She's supportive, but doesn't always know how to help, if that makes sense. And you're closer with your dad anyway, right? Yeah. Or you live more so with him. Yeah, I don't live with my mom at all, but I talk to my dad about it more. And some people but, just don't yeah. get it. If I were to talk to my, like, stepdad about it, I just, there's just no, it's not going anywhere. Or, like, my brother, it's not Yeah, like, anywhere. my mom's supportive, and I know she loves me and cares about me, and, like, if I were to go to her, being, like, super scared or if I'm nauseous or something, she would help, mm-hmm. but... She just doesn't understand, really. Mm-hmm. So how does your dad support you? Like, let's say, okay, let's say you're at school and um, you started, like, feeling sick or something and you were to text him. How does he support you? Um, or is it kind of just nice just being able to reach honestly, out to him? Yeah, it's – honestly, when something happens, I just, like, text my dad and my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to just get it out there. Yeah. That's how I feel. (laughs) And my dad will, like, the other day at school, we were talking, we were, like, learning about the immune system and stuff, like, digging into the immune system, learning about that, and we were talking about, like, the different types of immunity, and one of them is obviously vaccines. So, we were talking, and then my teacher was like, oh, I I wish there was a vaccine for, you know, the stomach bug, and she's like, like, I wish so bad. Yeah, she was like, it's going around right now. A bunch of students have it. Like, my daughter and grandson had it. And I, when I tell you, this rush of anxiety went over my whole body. <laughs> I was like, oh, shoot. And there were two students gone. And I was like, oh, yeah. my gosh. Pray for me. I was so scared. I literally was about to leave. But I texted, well, I texted Brooke. She was just like, you know, if you wash, you know, wash your hands, stay away from people as much as possible. You're wearing your masks like you're going to be okay. What did my dad say? I forgot what he said. But he's like, if you want to go home, you can. Also, knowing that option is like it helps with for me, it helps my anxiety a lot. Just knowing that I'm not stuck somewhere. Yeah. And which makes me so nervous about like when I start like working after school and stuff that like I can't just leave whenever I want to because obviously I'll like get fired but 
Yeah. See, okay, when I think of it in that perspective, I think of it as like, or it it helps me. Like when I'm forced to stay at work and I'm feeling nauseous, it kind of helps me in the long run because I'm like exposing myself or I'm, I'm uncomfortable. You know, when you're uncomfortable, it obviously helps your anxiety. Yeah. But you know, you're wanting to be an, a nurse, so that may be a lot different than just watching a little kid. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. But, and then my boyfriend's always supportive and just reminding me that, you know, I'll be okay. And yeah. there's no, like I've said in the past, he's like the logical other side of me. Yeah. If that makes any sense. He's, he's my like, logical half. He's present. And so he just like, reminds me that I'm gonna be okay and there's no reason to be scared and when I first started dating Logan and I would have like anxiety and I would text him he would always respond saying like like I'm so sorry you have to deal with that and then I'd always respond saying like no I don't want to hear that I want you to reassure me like I want you to tell me I'm gonna be okay and then now he always says like you're gonna be okay again like it's logic thinking it's like there's no way to get a stomach bug unless you're like either directly breathing in the same air as someone with it or you're like not washing your hands before you eat or you touch their poop (laughs) I don't know yeah it's not as common as we think it is but my mom is also the same way as your dad they kind of she kind of like reminds me that if I need to go home if I need to do something it's okay and she'll support whatever decision I need and that helps so much especially like when you're at school or when I was in high school um and I felt very trapped it would help so much my mom saying, like, it's okay if you need to go home, like, you're not going to get in trouble, which a lot yeah. of parents ground people for that. That helped me in school, too. I literally skipped so many classes <laughs> in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it led to... Partly because I just didn't want to go, and then partly because I had anxiety. Yeah, it leads to skipping a lot of classes. But, I mean, there's a balance. Everything has a balance. I still graduated, so whatever. (laughs) We both graduated. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it just, there's a balance in trying to find that balance for, like, a parent. If you're listening to this podcast because your child has um, emetophobia or, like, severe anxiety related to throwing up, then I would just say to support them and just remind them that you are there for them all the time and you will be you'll do whatever they need you to do to get the help and the help they need. And sometimes, yeah. And just sometimes just ask them, like, how yeah. can I help you? If they can, you know, tell you if they're old enough to be able to know and tell you, but also there's a balance between, you know, pushing your child or whoever your whoever has a metaphobia in your life, pushing them to go out of their comfort zone because that'll obviously help them in the long run and sheltering them from things that you know that they're scared of or things that might make them anxious and it's tough it's like feeding into the fear obviously you know if let's say your child's best friend like your child is supposed to have a play date with somebody but they just got over a stomach bug or something and your child doesn't want to hang out with them, but the other parent is like, no, we're fine, you know. I think it's fair to step up and be like, no, we're going to, we can plan this for another time. Yeah. 
Um, but there's certain things that, like, you kind of just, like, your child still has to go to school. Yeah. They still have have to, you know, do things in life. And I think it's important to find the balance between those two things. For example of that is, first off, my mom is, like, the most amazing mom that I could have wished for. And she's helped me in so many different ways. And she's helped, like, to the, the best of her ability. But my freshman year of high school... I got very anxious and I didn't go to school for two years because I just, it wasn't easy for me. And my mom allowed me to, she allowed me to stay home. And, you know, it's a tricky situation, of course, especially when one of your children is begging and crying to not have to leave the house. But I do think back sometimes and I'm like, well, what if she like forced me to go to school or like encouraged me a little bit more to go to school I probably would have been school or I probably would have been back to school within a year instead of two years, which would have helped me a lot academically. But again, like I don't, of course, I don't blame that on my mom in any way. She did everything so well. It's hard to know what to do. Yeah. As a parent, I'm sure you just do what you think think is best for your child at that time. And, you know, I'm not a parent, but I know that you don't always know what's best like there's no handbook parenting is hard (laughs) yeah so again just remember it is okay to push because the more that you feed into their anxiety and let them restrict things and do more of their I guess safety things Mm -hmm. it's gonna hurt them in the long run they're gonna end up being scared of more things and kind of just digging themselves into a deeper hole yeah so There's definitely a balance there that, I mean, everybody's situation is different. So, you know, you just have to figure out what that balance is for you. But yeah. And also when we're young, um, it's not as easy for us to want or even have the motivation to push through. Like I was a junior in high school when I finally went back to school. And at that point, I was like, I was ready to actually start school again but if I was like a freshman going back I'm or even like middle school I wouldn't have that motivation to try and get back into school so having that parent pushing you would help a lot but again it's like it's so different for every single person and especially if the child's like five five years old and they yeah I'm just thinking about like a five-year-old like having a five-year-old that's scared of throwing up and if I wasn't you know, you're trying to push them to do things, but they're just, like, screaming, throwing, crying, throwing a tantrum, terrified. Yeah. It's, like, I, that must be so hard because you don't want to, like, traumatize them. Yeah. But you don't want to have them completely sheltered because that's just going to feed into their anxiety. So, shout out to all of you moms, dads, <laughs> whatever. You are doing the best children. you can. Yeah. Yeah. As someone with emetophobia, I can't even imagine not having it myself, but having to raise children with it. It's hard. <laughs> and you're doing, you're doing just as, yeah. if you're, you know, following this page and like even listening to this podcast, um, you're doing more than enough because you're just wanting to learn about it and it, the support will show to them and they'll see it and it will be amazing. So yeah. And I think last episode, Brooke and I talked about this book, the Met- Emetophobia Manual. Yeah. Um, definitely read books about emetophobia and do some research on it. I think that'll definitely help. There's 
you know, our Instagram page. There's other Instagram pages. Also, just pages about books and Instagram pages about anxiety in general Mm -hmm. can be helpful, too. But yeah, anything that'll give you a closer look into what your child is feeling, I think would help. Understand. Yeah, you can put yourself into their shoes a little bit more. That also goes for, like, if your boyfriend or girlfriend has emetophobia, if your friend does, you know, Mm -hmm. not just your child, but. Yeah, any support system. Um, Last or yesterday I went live on the Instagram page and there was a mom that joined the live and she herself doesn't have emetophobia, but her daughter does. And if I remember correctly, she said her daughter's younger. I don't it, I don't remember if she said her daughter was like five or like 12, but still younger. And it was just so interesting to me that now like parents are able to learn about it and help out because when I first developed emetophobia, my mom, there was nothing for her to learn about <laughs> other yeah. than situation but yeah and your child will see that and they will appreciate it so much moving on to like friendships though um I've dealt with a lot of friend losses because of emetophobia and like I have a very difficult time making friends too we kind of went over this in another episode briefly but um have you lost any friends from emetophobia or like distanced yourself from them kind of I mean It's hard to tell because a lot of that happened, like, after high school, like, when I graduated high school, which some friendships just naturally don't keep up after high school, and some of it is because of my emetophobia. Um, You know, when you have emetophobia, you just don't want to go to parties, you don't want to, you don't want to do all the things that other people are doing, so it just kind of naturally even if nothing happened between you two, it's just kind of naturally pushes you guys away. And then eventually you just like aren't friends anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've had that. I think my biggest struggle is like making friends though, because I feel like everybody, I think we talked about this in a different episode, but I feel like everybody our age drinks and I'm just like, no, I don't want to do that. It's difficult making friends. I always say, I'm always like, if Maddie, if you were to live near me, it would just be so nice because there is no way I can find someone in San Diego kind of like this. I literally wouldn't need any more friends. I know. <laughs> and I wouldn't even worry about making any other friends. Yeah. Yeah. I have a twin sister and she drinks a lot. But um, between her and my boyfriend, I feel like that's enough friends to get me through or like enough physical friends to like get me through. But there are days where I'm just like, oh, I wish I could just hang out with someone and not have to worry about them trying to do drugs or, like, go out or drink, yeah. especially at our age. This is, like, this is kind of kind of going along the topic of friends. But when I first developed emetophobia, I stopped going to school. I just went MIA for, like, two years. And I all my friendships that I had, I kind of just – I just didn't talk to anyone. You know, I was just so anxious all the time. And one of my good friends in high school, she actually started this rumor about me. And um, I don't remember what she said, but it was something about like, it was something about me not going to school anymore. And she like, pretty much said that. I think she said something about me being like a fake friend because I just switched schools and never kept up with her or something. And 
when I came back to school two years later, everyone's like, oh, I thought you switched schools. I, I, you know, I heard this, this, and this. And I'm like, no, I was literally on my deathbed for two years because I was so overwhelmed with anxiety and life. So it's like, people just people don't get it. so mean. I know. Seriously, middle school and high school, people are so mean. They're brutal. And if they don't understand or even try to understand, they're just brutal people. Especially girls. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember going back to school. I was like, what? I'm like, no, I literally, I mean, I get it. You know, losing a friend like that would suck. But just if, you're, if your friend has hemophobia and you're listening, then. Um, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't just understand that no one's, we're not trying to hurt you guys or anything. And even like canceling, um, canceling plans or something, it's completely yeah. out of their control for the most part. Don't take that personally. But what do you find hopeful out of, like, friendships, I guess? Or if you were to, like, let's say you were to meet someone and you thought that they were kind of on the same wavelength as you. They were in, like, a relationship and they didn't drink or party or go out. What would you find helpful for them trying to understand your emetophobia? Or would you not even, like, tell them? Um, I think eventually I would tell them. I'm usually pretty open about my metaphobia, but I definitely wouldn't want, I don't want all of my friendships to be my support system. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, I want to have friendships where they know about my phobia and, like, if I'm anxious while we're out, they can be understanding of it. But, like, that's, we don't talk about it all the time. Yeah. If that makes any sense. But I still want them to know about it and be understanding as much as they can and not judgy like if we go out to eat or something so yeah I think just being supportive and understanding um and doing activities that don't involve drinking or you know anything that is super triggering triggering activities I find it so I have like a I kind of have like a group of girlfriends and if I if they're going to do something that they know that I don't really enjoy doing like let's say like going out, they just won't invite me. And for me personally, I hate that because what if like I'm in the mood and I want to like go out with them sometime? I want to be able to have that option. And having a group of friends is also nice because you don't feel like if you want to cancel, you can and it doesn't affect them as much because they still have like four other friends to hang out with. So that's nice. Definitely. And also if you are a friend of someone with the metaphobia, I think like Brooke already said earlier, but definitely if they cancel something or they you invite them somewhere and they say no, don't take it personally. Maybe it's just something that they don't feel comfortable doing or they're having a bad day or whatever the case may be, but just be understanding. I feel like that's the most important thing is just being understanding. Yeah, I think for me personally, I probably cancel on plans just as much as I actually show up for them or I'll like reschedule and I always make excuses for it even like with work well not with the job I'm currently having but like with past jobs I'm like oh I don't feel well and then I just won't go in or like my tire went flat and I won't go in but it's so frustrating it's also so frustrating like a lot like trying to find a lie and an excuse mm-hmm. COVID because helped a lot you don't wanna, because you don't want to hurt people's feelings but if you have friends that are very supportive, then you 
shouldn't have to like lie to them just be like hey I'm having a really rough day with my anxiety I don't really feel like doing anything and then them being okay with it and be like okay we'll do something another day yeah if someone is like you know someone just totally isn't getting it and they're just like like no just push yourself like it's fine that's how my sister is sometimes you know she'll like try and push me because that's what helps her anxiety but my anxiety is just so different I don't like that at all (laughs) So she's always if your sister it. wasn't your sister, with the way that she, like, helps or doesn't help with your anxiety, would you be friends with her? If she was not my sister, no, not at all. Because, well, her lifestyle is just so different than mine. She's yeah. crazy. She she lives a very wild lifestyle. But I'm very, like, I'm thankful for I know, for I saw also that she helps- goes to, like, frat parties and stuff and I'm like I could never yes yeah she goes she works at a rooftop restaurant that turns into a bar at night so I mean like her lifestyle is surrounded by like going out drinking smoking literally Abby if you're listening to this (laughs) I love you but it's just not for me but she's very much like a I would say your average 21 year old girl (laughs) yeah I wouldn't really but it's interesting to have her because I get to see that dynamic of a lifestyle and I also get to remind myself that like, that's okay and that's normal. Yeah. And it helps me push myself out too. It's honestly just hard finding people that are into that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is like I just want to be friends with like chill people that yes. just wanna like <laughs> And it's so hard to out. find. There's, I don't know if you know about this, but Bumble, um, Bumble has this mode where you can either be on like the dating app of Bumble or you can be on a BFF mode of Bumble. Oh, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, I saw it on TikTok a couple months ago, but basically you just go in your settings and it, you just do BFF mode and then it's literally like Bumble, but you're swiping to find a BFF or like a friend and I downloaded that and, um, it's it actually like it's super interesting you can put anything in your bio you can choose like what you're looking for in a friend I guess or like what your hobbies are and at least in San Diego there's a lot of people like a ton of girls on that app I actually found one of my friends like a while back on Bumble and we never met up but we ended up meeting from mutual friends so we didn't meet up from like the actual app, but she's just like me. She doesn't go like, out. I feel like I'd be so scared to meet yeah. friends on an app because <laughs> I've never even been on like a dating app or anything. I feel like that's so scary. I mean, I, yeah, I met my boyfriend on Tinder, so I can't stay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's scary. But I mean, like, if you're someone who even honestly, it's just interesting. Like, if I'm bored one day, I'll just see, and if I really find someone that I think matches my vibe or like my personality my like hobbies um I can just like add them on Instagram and if it if we talk more like I don't know yeah I don't even know how it would come about but that's a possibility if you're someone who struggles with finding friends or making friends and it even asks like it asks um do you smoke do you drink and I always check I'm like do they drink (laughs) And I'm assuming you don't put, like, your emetophobia and stuff on there. No, I put – so there's, like, questions, and one of the questions is, like, what – oh, do you prefer Netflix or, like, the club? 
And then I responded saying, um, and the, everyone can see that question, like the answer. You've never been on Bumble. Yeah, so you don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know what it's I like. mean, I know. I know kind of how dating apps are set up just from like TikTok and stuff. Yeah. Like I know you can put your pictures and then you can put like a bio about yourself. And then I know sometimes they ask questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for that question, I just put, I rather do Netflix. I'm not a going out type of gal. So, I mean, that says enough. I don't yeah. go out. <laughs> or yeah. maybe, like, I will, like, once a month or something. I don't know. It depends. But is there anything else you want to talk about, Maddie, on this topic? Uh, I don't think so. But I did want to mention that Brooke and I were just talking about this before we recorded. And we think for our next episode, we want to do, like, a Q&A. So probably when this – the day this episode goes out, um, we will – put a Q&A thing on the Instagram story and we'll read and answer questions on the next episode and I think that'll be really fun. Yeah, we'll answer all of your guys' questions that you have about emetophobia or anxiety. Yeah, so we will talk to you guys on Monday and get your guys' questions in for us to answer and if you guys have any further questions about this episode or like how you can support someone with emetophobia, just DM the page. One of us will answer And help you to the best of our ability. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye, guys.